passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. All right, folks, welcome back in. This is the Believe in Rams podcast. It's episode 137. I'm your host, Jake Ellenbogen. Joining me, as always, is former Rams linebacker Cameron Lynch. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot today. Um, you know, we got we got some stuff to talk about. It, it's It's <laughs> been a cam. It's been a weird season. Um, you know, before we get into it. Just a reminder for you guys, if you do like this and you want to support the channel, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, review. Uh, if you want to get some merch over on the Believe site, definitely go over to Believe.com. You can grab this awesome hat. You can grab the shirt I was wearing the other day, and uh, we'll have stuff up there, more stuff up there moving forward. Jake's um, takes. Yeah, Jake's takes. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so before we get into that, I got a betonline.ag uh, ad read, and then I'm excited to get just right into it, Cam. We got a burning question that is a burning question. Ooh. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you already you already know what's coming. So uh, basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure you use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So uh, we're starting this podcast now, Cam, and uh, uh, holy hell, uh, th this <laughs> th the the fire is burning from this question. But I had to ask it. I'm not saying it. it's. I know the answer one way or another. It's very subjective. But is this the beginning of the end of the McVay needs Super Bowl Rams era, aka F them picks? Oh, I think one thing I, you, you hit on this on one of the podcasts, you mentioned, OK, you talk about F them picks, right, where, you know, they kind of forego those those uh, draft picks. Um, but you also hit on something else with the Texans match, you know, the Rams versus the Texans and just finishing. Right. And <clears throat> the way the Rams started with F them picks. You know, right now, like the Rams need some support. Right. So we could have used some of those picks or whatever that looked like. Uh, from that moment. And so finishing strong is the name of the game for the rest of the season, right? Because finishing strong is going to determine how next year looks, right? It's going to determine if OBJ wants to come back, which I'm not sure if he wants to at this point, but finishing strong is going to be really important for the survival of this era, of this franchise for Aaron Donald. I mean, Aaron Donald wants to win Super Bowls at the end of the day, right? I know he was debating on whether to come back or not. And he wanted to be a part of a Super Bowl, a championship team. And 
this the Rams right now, they're not showing that. And so finishing strong is the name of the game. And so not F them picks for next year. Let's get those picks <laughs> for next year. The exact opposite of just the, the thought process there. But it's there. there's a lot that needs to be changed. Um, we're seeing those changes happen, you know, right now um, with trades and cuts, whether we want them to happen or not. So um, a, a change in the mindset uh, of the Rams is going to be really important there. They, we're coming off of that Super Bowl uh you know, uh, hangover there, and it's it's not looking good. Yeah, you know, it, exactly. I mean, it's not looking good. And normally the Super Bowl hangovers for the team that loses the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is designed to immortalize one team and absolutely stick a knife in the other. And we saw that, you know, the Rams, they lose to the Patriots. And I mean, not to say the Patriots were much better after that Tom Brady leaves and they haven't been there since, but um, you know, the Rams, they got the knife in the back. I mean, the next year they try to overcorrect some certain things. I think they, they overreacted to losing that super bowl. Uh, Todd Gurley's out the door and uh, he played that year, but you see my point. Um, I, I just think that there's something that could be said watching this team watching the way that this team has reacted to certain things. I mean, I don't think the era's over, right? I don't think it's over. I don't think Eftem picks is over. I think you do have to hit on your picks, and I think you have to give them a chance to develop. Um, but I think the, and we'll talk about it later in the show, like, you know, the different moves they made and why I was a little, you know. Um, but I think we're at a point where we know that when this team is at their lows, they're at their lowest point. Like this team does not bounce back. Well, that's why last year was such a blessing because we saw them not win a game in November and win the super bowl. You know, they, they won whatever nine straight or whatever they had to do. Um, besides the week 18 game against the Niners. Um, I think that's really where we're at right now is that this team can absolutely turn around next year, but, it's just there's so much in the air because we've already seen this movie before. We've seen kind of a, a mini implosion, and that was 2019. But, folks, this is worse than 2019. I, I have never – you could say the injuries are bad all you want, and they absolutely are. They're brutal. But this is just – I don't know, man. It, it reminds me of when I was playing, you know, for the Rams, man. We were in some similar situations where – you know, we're, it's a losing season. You know, how do we prepare to, to finish strong? And I think I talked about it in one of the other podcasts, but it's not time to wave in the white flag, right? Because times like this, it's also an opportunity for guys who are going to be free agents to land on other teams next year, right? So I'm not saying, hey, look, everyone leave the Rams. and But it, it's really important for players to play their best ball because – Teams are looking. It's easy a lot of times to jump in a shout whenever you're winning championships, but when you're getting kicked in the teeth, like that determines who a person is. And so it's going to be extremely important for players to just finish strong. And one thing I, I've seen, I think going back to that Texans game, not finishing that game strong, the Rams start off really well each game. I mean, I feel like at this point the Rams are watching our podcast. When I say they ran the ball last week, Jake, they ran that ball, my guy, and it was really cool to see. And then come the second half, Rams, where you at, right? Uh, the, the Rams faded that second half. And so that's just a theme right now for a lot of the players in that locker room, for the coaches, is just to finish strong. Because whether your, their career is going to be at the Rams next year or not, 
they have to finish strong. But but Jay, how about how about the running game? No, the beginning of the game uh, for the Rams. I mean, it was looking exquisite, my guy. Yeah, you know, they they start off to get two carries from Daryl Henderson. Um, you know, it goes for nine yards. Then we don't see him the rest of the, the day. Um, unfortunately, that was his last carry as a Ram. Um, and it, it's really odd. And we'll, we'll get more into that, you know, later on the show. But it's really odd because, you know, they said it was more of a knee thing. And like he had felt something in his knee and now he's waved. So clearly there was something else. Um, Cam Akers ran well. Wasn't amazing, but he he ran well. He, he made some plays. Uh, Kyron Williams is the one that impressed me the most. And that's the guy... guy Moving forward, he needs to be the number one. I know they're trying to make Cam Akers the number one, trying to salvage that. I saw Daryl Henderson for, what, one one game, his first game in the offense, like really in the offense, and I was convinced he's... If Henderson's out, which he is now, uh, it, Kyron is clearly the best running back in that room, and I, I don't think it's remotely close. Uh, what he can do in pass pro, what he can do in, out of the backfield as a receiver, um, just the stop and start, you know, slipping tackles. I mean, he's a very, very talented running back. Who they got in the fifth round? Because let's be honest here, measurables are overrated. Uh, you know, combine pro day numbers are overrated, and he didn't run that fast, so everyone overrated them. Uh, how many times have guys fallen because of overrated numbers? Uh, Cooper Cup, third round. You know, it's just like there's, you know, I don't put too much stock into that for that reason. And so I think they got a fifth round talent who they traded up to get. Uh, it, that is arguably a second, third round talent. Um, and, and I do believe that. So, you know, I, I like that they got Kyron involved. Average five yards to carry, not a shock. Um, you know, the thing that bothers me, Cam, is that, uh, you know, to start the game, like, they were going to win that game if Stafford played the full game. It, it just, it, it really upsets me that, you know, Stafford gets the concussion. And in addition to, he didn't even get the call, the the helmet to helmet. He didn't even get the call on the, the helmet to helmet hit that caused the concussion. But regardless of that, Stafford was throwing the ball well, looked confident. No Cooper Cup. He's diversifying the receiver room. He's throwing to Tyler Higby. He's throwing Allen Robinson. He's throwing to Skoranek. He's throwing to Van. He's throwing to Tutu Atwell. Tutu. Uh, man, <laughs> that that throw, I, I mean, I, I added you immediately, man. I was like, yeah. yes. Like, you know, and I, I didn't. in Tutu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this guy. I mean, what is his like efficiency rating? If there is one, I mean, the guy comes in for a play and he gets a 60 yard uh, bomb. And then we don't see him the rest of the game. Uh, he caught a touchdown. We haven't seen him since Dallas when they threw a bomb over Trayvon Diggs, who absolutely shut down Justin Jefferson and he beat him. And so I liked that. I don't know if you saw the McVeigh show, but I actually noticed something I very much liked about Sean McVay saying like, look, like, we believe in him as a receiver. You know, you got to try to find other ways to get him the ball uh, because it's not just running straight, you know, straight down the field. Like they see him as a receiver. And I've been saying this, he's not a bust. They, they haven't used him correctly. And I think Sean McVay admitted to that yesterday. They got to give him the ball more. Yeah. And also too, talking about giving someone the ball more, you talk about Allen Robinson. My man has two touchdowns, two touchdowns last week. Like that's, that's what we need to see. And like, it's unfortunate we're seeing it now, like after Cooper Cup is hurt. But the way that the Rams are using this offense, using the receivers, Tyler Higby, like this is this is what we needed, right? It's it's midway through the season, almost towards the end of the end of the season. But this is what we needed to see. And so 
Uh, like I said, I feel like Sean is listening to our podcast. He has to because we talk about habits. Get away from those same habits. Run the ball. Get Allen Robinson the ball. And we're seeing a lot of those things. So now that Matthew Stafford's hurt, unfortunately, and, you know, I'm going to go back to our couple podcasts that we had prior to. We're talking about protecting the quarterback at the end of the day. You know, he's QB1. You know, right now, are we in a – we're not in a Tua situation, right? Because Tua was able to bounce back and be healthy. But – Matthew Stafford, he's he just came out of concussion protocol. Now he's another one. So like, is that going to jeopardize his future as a as a human? Number one, like think about it as a human aspect. Is this going to jeopardize his 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 life as a human? Just getting these back to back concussions. Number one, and then number two, what is he, how's he going to look at next year? Right, I'm sure his wife is in his ear is in his ear. ear. You know, Miss Stafford probably just chomping at him like, hey man, like. I've added the NFL and told them to get rid of the turf, the, uh, the turf fields. I want grass fields. And now you get this other concussion. I know you mentioned it was a helmet to helmet, but you know, this, this as a, as an athlete, this really puts into consideration, Hey, will I ever, will I ever, ever be able to play with my kids again? You know, getting all these concussions, right? Are the Rams protecting me? What does that look like? And so, uh, you know, Wolford, he has a neck injury. And so it's, it's looking dire, my man. It's looking really dire when it comes to the quarterback situation and protecting QB one. To be honest, I don't want to see him in the game in the game until the end of the year, really, like last game or two, if that. But if you want to protect the history of this franchise and the future of this franchise, make sure Matthew Stafford is safe and he's clearly out of concussion protocol. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I'm not wasting any. Uh, seconds, you know, putting him back in. Um, you kind of are throwing in the white flag this year, releasing two starters just like that. Uh, so, and we'll get to that later on the show. I keep bringing that up, but you know, I just think that with Matthew Stafford, and, and I'm sure you've seen it because I've tweeted a lot about it recently. I think it is very real, and I've been told that it's very real that Stafford could retire after the season, and I think that's. That's something we really have to talk about because, you know, he's justified in doing so. If he if he wants to do that, he doesn't want to do it. He has to do it. If he feels like he has to do that, then he has to do that. Um, I, you know, I've gotten pushback from, you know, fans that like the Rams because Stafford is on the Rams and they're Lions fans. And they're like, well, you know, Matt never dealt with anything in, you know, Detroit like that. He never had any concussions. That's the thing, though. Like, that's not my point. My point is that he hasn't, and now he has. It's opened up Pandora's box. Now he's had two concussions in three weeks, mm. and you have Kelly Stafford go on her podcast after the first concussion, and she's just, like, distraught. And she talks about, basically, I'm not exactly quoting her, but, like, I would give it all up. I would give up all the fame just to know that he's going to be okay because mm. it's a lot. I mean... You know, you were a football player, you know, in the NFL. I don't have to tell you. I mean, the contact that you guys make, you know, snap in and snap out. Now imagine, you know, you're a quarterback who's sitting there trying to read the defense, trying to throw with touch and accuracy and placement and velocity. And while you're trying to do that, you have this makeshift offensive line that is this week, Cam, going to be the 11th different combination um, it's just, it's insane. So yeah. I, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm at the point where like people need to realize if Stafford needs to retire, he's earned that right. 
He brought this team back to the the high point. They won the Super Bowl. Um, I want him back. Like this isn't me shooing him out the door. I listed quarterbacks that um, could be possible 2023 starting options. Uh, Tom Brady is one because he'll be a free agent. Jared Goff, uh, that would be a weird one, but I think that they would consider it. You know, if they boomerang action, yeah. Yeah, back was against the wall. Jimmy Garoppolo, we saw him throw four touchdowns last night. Looked really good. Uh, Bryce Perkins, you know, may, this is his time. They need to they need to start him moving forward. Uh, Derek Carr and maybe a trade, you know, maybe he's a trade candidate. Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Um, towards ACL, maybe you get him in a veteran, you develop him and maybe he takes over. Anthony Richardson, Cameron Ward, very impressed with his escapability. Uh, Carson Wentz even, I think, mm-hmm. is in play. Because uh, Heineke has taken over the job, Marcus Mariota is leading the Falcons right now, keeping them in the race. And Ryan Tannehill, you always have to keep in mind. You know they drafted Malik Willis. Maybe they push for him to be a starter next year. They trade Tannehill to the Rams. These are possibilities if Stafford retires. I'm not saying I want him to. I want Stafford to be the quarterback. I believe Cam he is a top five quarterback in football, but. If he is gone, that's what we're looking at. (laughs) Yeah, and and to your point, right? For the fans that are talking about Matthew Stafford, you know, wanting him to come back, is he? Will he? Will he do it? Will he not? Think about this, right? I think a lot of people who have probably listened to the podcast maybe been in some type of car accident, and so when you get in a car accident, if you hit it right, Jake, you have if you hit your head there, it almost feels like like go back to the hangover piece, right? You a long night of you've been out with your buddies. And you have that hangover. But mind you, this hangover lasts months to weeks, right? And, you know, when it comes to Matthew Stafford, I think he has like four girls, right? So imagine this, someone getting a car accident and then not being being able to spend time with their children, right? Uh, whether they be, become a vegetable, whether it becomes like their reading declines, their speaking declines, like that's that's not fun. And so people have to put themselves in Matthew Stafford's shoes for a minute, right? Whether it be, hey, I've been in a car accident before, I've been through this. But the health and safety of the athlete is extremely important. And like you said, Matthew Stafford's already brought the Rams to the pinnacle, right? And so maybe when it comes to the Rams, it's 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 building up another another quarterback that can step in and make plays because concussions are nothing to play with and that can alter your entire life. So um, I think just providing Matthew Stafford some grace in this in this current situation, and if he decides to retire, then hey, man, you know you've done a great job here for the NFL. You're taking a lot of hits, but you know it's your time to like you know lay the pads down and go ahead and pass it to someone else. That's if he decides not to come back. I agree, and you know, Cam, uh, I I didn't think we'd have to you know actually discuss this on the podcast. Um, you know, before the season started, I didn't I didn't you know think this would happen, but. I mean, it's real. I think it's definitely real. It's going to be a discussion that he has to have. And it's one that if he makes his decision, then everyone has to appreciate that and respect that. It's just like Whitworth. Could Whitworth have come back this year? Yeah, sure. But, you know, it's his decision. Stafford has had a great career. He wants to play until he's 40. He's talked about that. But the concussions, that's the thing. This guy's gone through a lot of injuries, back injuries. He's already convinced himself that and basically bought into the idea. Okay, I am going to be sore the rest of my life. That's going to no doubt about it. I am not going to be able to live a normal life. I am going to be sore all the time. But when you start dealing with the brain, that mm. that gives you pause. And I think that's something, you know, 
Kelly actually had a tumor, a brain tumor. Um, so, you know, even she's very, she's going to be very emotional about that. Um, and, and I think she, she is absolutely justified in, in that sense. Um, I can't stress that enough. I will say this, this might be controversial. If Matthew Stafford retires, he is absolutely a hall of famer. I have no doubt about it. I think he's a hall of famer. Um, I, I don't think that you can say, you know, there are people that make the arguments for Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan and so forth. Stafford literally had never had a team like the Rams. And as soon as he was put on the Rams, everything we've ever talked about, if you ever defended him, it all came to fruition. What he was able to do, the injuries he's played with, I think he's a Hall of Famer. And if you were going to hold the Super Bowl MVP from him, well, they gave it to Cooper Cup who was the maybe the best offensive. I think he was the best player in the league last year, if I'm being quite honest. He was just so dominant. And in addition to that, Stafford is the only quarterback to throw three touchdowns and win a Super Bowl and not win Super Bowl MVP. So I think it was also the voters were kind of like, yeah, I don't want to admit that I was wrong about Matthew Stafford. So they kind of held that one back. But I don't know what your thoughts are on, on that, Cam. I think he's a Hall of Famer if this is it for him. I hope this isn't it for him. Yeah, I hope this isn't it. And we talk about Hall of Fame status, right? When he started off at the Lions, he was able to throw to Megatron, who's a Hall of Famer himself. And so Matthew Stafford's put time into the NFL. And so I'm gonna give that, I'm gonna give that choice to the Hall of Fame committee, you know, with Matthew. But like you said, though, <laughs> he came to the Rams, he showed out within one year um, and was able to put up for for the Rams nation because prior to the Rams weren't looking too good. I was a part of that team and we weren't looking too good. And so to see him come up, come and turn an organization around, score points, feed Cooper Cup. And then you talked about the MVP candidates. You have Aaron Donald as well. So you got Cooper Cup, you got Aaron Donald to contest with. Like that's a lot of people. But when it comes to Matthew Stafford, well respected. He he has his badge of honor uh in the Rams nation. And I think, you know, the Rams family should think of that as well. But also too, just know that. Right now, his wife is and his family are currently sending him messages. If he can look at them, look at the message right now, he might just have some shades on, right, and sit in a dark room because you can't do too much. But right now, he's probably contemplating, hey, you know, a long life or or football. You know, and you see, you see, Tom Brady, he made a different decision when it came to the fam and to football, right? He made his decision there, right? And so, not that they're the same. And I'm praying for Tom Brady in this whole situation. But with Matthew Stafford and his situation, thinking of health first is, is supremely important. And like I said, Kelly Stafford, she might be saying, hey, buddy, if you don't retire football, me and these girls, we're going to we're going to jump ship because we don't want to see you folded up like a vegetable in the field. if You get another concussion. So there's a lot to think about there. Yeah, it's it's a loaded, loaded topic. I mean, you know, it because everything changes. If Stafford leaves, the depiction of this team changes, I think. As long as the core four is intact, you know, I think that they're they're gonna get the benefit of the doubt as a team that is in it to win it. But once you start to lose a Stafford or, you know, they trade Ramsey or Donald retires. One thing I'll say though, Sean McVay is not leaving. Because if you think the competitor that Sean McVay is, if you think that he's just gonna up and quit after this season and go to the booth, I, I don't think that you've been paying attention. He's never had a season like this. And furthermore, 
I'm getting tired. I mean, you have the right. I get it. The Niners won twice. They swept the Rams. But I'm getting tired of the Niners fan base and even like the media in concerning the Niners pretending that, you know, they haven't missed the playoffs twice. Pretending that, you know, Kyle Shanahan's never had a losing record. This is Sean McVay's first losing record if this stands. And we don't know. Maybe they, they string together some wins. I'm not very confident in that. But, you know, that's another thing to keep in mind. And a, a, a big thing here, Cam, is if they didn't win that Super Bowl against the Bengals, we'd be talking about something completely different. They had been in two Super Bowls. So they've gone through the highs, the lows, the highs. And if they go back low, they're going to have a first place schedule or uh, last place schedule next year. And they might have a lot of money because as sad as it is, if Stafford does retire or if Aaron Donald does retire, that opens up a ton of cap space. And I don't know where this team is. I don't know if they would... I can't imagine they would ever tank because I know people are like, oh, they should tank and get uh, Caleb Williams in 2020. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Never tank. <laughs> but because I think that's disrespectful to the amount of work and preparation that, you know, a team goes through, the, the players, I just don't think it's right. Um, but I do think that the Rams are going to have to have a serious conversation what direction they want to go in. Because uh, if, if Stafford leaves then I think there's a chance that they go high, like big name, and they go after Tom Brady. I think there's a very good chance they go after Tom Brady. Now, you have to sell Tom Brady because I think he would love to be in L.A., and this is almost like a turning of the book, and he's going to be 46, right? Um, but, you know, now he's not he's not handcuffed, right, because he, he's out of that that, you know, situation, and now I think he just wants to play football. And I don't think he's going to retire, if I'm being honest. So I could honestly see him going to the Rams um, if Stafford does retire. I could absolutely see the Rams going after him. I could see the Rams trading for a Derek Carr, seeing that, hey, this guy has a lot of talent. You know, he's just not playing with much around him. And Josh McDaniels just doesn't work as a head coach in this league. I mean, it's been proven. Um, they could go that route. They could go and, and go after Carson Wentz, be like, hey, you know, try to with golf, number one overall pick. Let's go with the number two overall pick from that draft and Carson Wentz. And I'll be honest with you, Cam, if if they were able to protect Wentz, that they built an offensive line around him, he had the weapons he has. I think with McVay's offense, Wentz would thrive in that. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of guys. And I know it sounds weird to say that because the offense has been garbage this year, but I don't. I think it's more about the injuries and I think Sean McVay has done a poor job of, you know, taking the rubble off him. I think the injuries have kind of pushed him down and kind of submerged him under this giant ocean of you know, body of water, if you will, uh, in this analogy. Um, I just think he struggled. And, and I think a lot of the reason uh, is because he has no idea what to do with all these injuries. Yeah. And to your point, right, you mentioned Carson Wentz. So we were actually there when I was playing uh, for the Rams. We were there when the Rams got Jared Goff, right? And it was Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. You know, which one will it be? And then also fast forward, um, I was also there when, when when the Rams played the Philadelphia Eagles and he got hurt out there in the Coliseum. Wow. And so that was just extremely unfortunate. And a lot of times what people don't realize is when it comes to injuries, 
it, it messes with the mental game. You almost almost become a new person or a new being, you know, whenever you're you're battling an injury. And so I feel like Carson Wentz has never been the same um, since then. But who knows, right? If he were to come to the Rams at the place where he got hurt and it changed the trajectory of his career, maybe he can turn things around a little bit. Um, and, and like you mentioned too, make sure that he's protected at the end of the day, right? Because no matter who the Rams bring in, if there are injuries, what does that depth look like? And so for the Rams, not only going bigger, going home for the Tom Brady, the Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, whoever that is, but also continuing to build the reserves, right? The bench, because to go far in football, uh, to go far in the playoffs and the championships, it's not always that first person. It's always it's sometimes that second person, that next man up who can who can step in and make some plays. So you talk about the Wolford, you talk about some of those different players that stepped up in big games. And so not only going for the home run ball, but also making sure that the players that are backing up some of your QB ones or some of your superstar players, that those guys are ready to come in, come in and make a, a big impact. And so um, I think that's big as the Rams look for, you know, what's what's possibly next. If Matthew Stafford retires, making sure that there is depth um, within their system, because we're facing that right now, the quarterback position. Uh, when it comes to depth, right? And we, we saw a couple of these trades jump in or saw some of these cuts, waves come in. Um, who, who are they going to get next, right? What quarterback – are the Rams going to bring another quarterback? What does that look like? Because, you know, we're on QB3 right now. And so I'm sure other teams right now are saying, hey, let's see what QB4 looks like, right? And so yeah. the Rams have to think about depth, depth, depth at this point. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think, you know, you still have plenty of games to play. Uh, you know, I, I'll say this. They just made moves. We'll talk about this now because I don't want to forget it. Um, I can't forget it. Daryl Henderson has been one of the most, I mean, you call him Mr. Consistency. Uh, he's been one of the most consistent players on this roster since he joined 2019. He's led this team in yards per carry average since he joined 2019 every single year. Uh, he's never done anything complaining. He's never sat out, anything like that. He is outstanding in pass, bro. He's a good receiver, and he's, he's a good running back. You know, he's, he's a good running back. He's not elite, but he's a good running back, averages over four, uh, four and a half a carry, um, you know, on just a typical season. I, I got to say, I really am worried about how this is going to look because, you know, Henderson emojis out the door seems pretty like he's celebrating acres complaining, uh, you know, requesting a trade sitting out two games. Uh, I know he said that he didn't sit them out. The Rams had him say, I don't, I don't buy that. I really don't. Um, just like I didn't buy the, the little knee ding up thing with uh, Henderson, why he didn't get a carry after the nine yards he had on the two carries. Um, and sure enough, they end up, you know, releasing him. I just, I'm at the point, Cam, where I sat here, I watched, you know, the team I cover, my favorite team, uh, not treat Todd Gurley like, you know, he should have been treated. Um, Todd Gurley covered up a lot of the inconsistencies and inefficiencies of Jared Goff. So when Jared Goff started to struggle, that was post Todd Gurley. And I just don't think people realize Todd Gurley was the MVP of the NFL. I know Tom Brady. I, th I think Tom Brady won it in 2017. Uh, Todd Gurley was the MVP of the NFL. Okay. He was, he was the best offensive player in football, the most dominant to the point where cam he's been on the league for like two years now. And 
running back since 2017 in touchdowns, he's like in the top five. I mean, we really haven't seen anybody like him since like Adrian Peterson. Because like when Peterson was doing that, you know, Derrick Henry is a little different because Derrick Henry is an incredible runner. But Derrick Henry isn't the receiver Todd is. When you look at the way Todd played, he was a, a fantastic receiver. He opened up things uh, for everyone. I still feel like he wasn't used a lot. I still hate that he wasn't used a lot in the Super Bowl. And then I just hate his ending. I feel like he deserved a better ending. Um, now, Daryl Henderson, you know, you don't win the Super Bowl without his four really important receptions, his help in pass protection. Uh, I mean, Cam Akers literally pass protected Andrew Whitworth and, and caused a sack on the first drive. Uh, you know, I, I had to say it. So, you know, I'm just, I'm at the point where there's a lot of fans that did not give this guy his due. Henderson never complained. He went out there. Oh, he's injury prone. Well, he didn't get hurt that all this whole year. Okay. And on top of that, Cam Akers has missed more games. You can say it was a freak injury, but he's missed more games than Daryl Henderson. And two of which weren't even with injury. So Cam, it just, doesn't it kind of rub you the wrong way? If you're running back a veteran running back, maybe in free agency, it's a big free agency class. You get Tony Pollard out there. I mean, does that not rub you the wrong way and be like, yeah, I don't, I want to avoid that Rams situation. Maybe even a draft pick. Like what if you're B John Robinson and you get drafted by the Rams, not saying you're going to, he's going top three and the Rams won't have a pick that high. But if I was B John Robinson, I was drafted by the Rams. I would instantly be worried. Like, man, they, I didn't like the way they used Gurley. I didn't like the way they used Akers. I didn't like the way they used uh, Henderson. I didn't like their endings. I mean, at some point or another, doesn't this affect you as, I know you're a linebacker, but doesn't this affect you as a player when you've seen a team have a pattern of kind of the misusage and just the way they treated a certain position that you're playing? Yeah, it, it's tough to see, number one, because Ty, Ty Gurley, I came in with Ty Gurley. And so we talk about player personality, the, that persona in the locker room. Ty Gurley was was a guy's guy. You know, his personality was infectious um, throughout the locker room. And so, like you mentioned, sometimes when you go back and see some of the, the, the interviews for some of, from some of the players, I'm sure when Todd was at the Rams for the first three years, right, a couple couple years, his personality through some of those interviews were high and upbeat and kind of towards the end, like you said, it was a little bit more down. And so the way that they manage some of these personalities um, with Henderson doesn't complain, great personality, a team player. And so I think we want to see the Rams cultivate those personalities and those personas in the locker room. And it seems like some of the good guys are getting kicked out. Right. And also you mentioned too, with acres, he, he, he wanted to sit out and he didn't uh, he didn't want to play because of his playing time. And so that personality, I think you mentioned it off, off camera, but like, is that personality rewarded? And so for some of these upcoming players that are going to the Rams, you know, the ending doesn't look good as you paint it out. And so I think a lot of the times for these players that my advice to them would be to continue being you, right? I think that's extremely important. Be authentic to yourself because I believe Todd did. I believe, believe Henderson did. And we did get a little flair from Henderson. Like you said, the emojis that he had, the, the uh, you know, the happy faces and him leaving. Um, but who knows what's going on in that locker room? Who knows what's going on in that locker room and some of those meeting rooms. And a lot of times too, we talk about Sean McVay, but we also have to look at the offensive coordinator, some of the offensive coordinators, some of the other offensive coordinators, some of the running back coaches and seeing how are they cultivating that room? Because it seems like that running back room 
it is not it's not going too well and things are things are awry there. And so um a lot of times we look at the players, but we have to take a step up and look, okay, who are, who's coaching these guys? Who who is tending yeah. to these guys and their personalities? So there's a pattern there. I mean, you know, there's a pattern with the running backs. It's it's concerning. Uh, I'm praying for Kyron Williams not to go through the same thing because I think he's going to be a heck of a player. Uh, I do think they draft somebody in, in you know, um, in this upcoming draft. Uh, hopefully they're not in the second round. I think they have bigger pressing needs. Uh, speaking of which, we really didn't. I mean, don't want to make this podcast go too long, but we got to cover your side of the ball, the defense, because, right, man, yeah. the offense had so much to talk about that we almost forgot to talk about the defense <laughs> and the defense. It sucks because they, they played so well uh, the majority of the year. And now I think it's just, they played so many snaps playing that then no break defense, the soft shell coverage. You are playing more snaps than most, you know, most teams in the league that aren't playing that defense. And with the offense constantly three and adding, there you go. Now you're going to be on the field even more. And I do think that this has gotten to them, but I will say the glass shattered cam. I don't think they're that talented in the back end of the secondary. Mm. They released, you know, Terrell Burgess. I don't know why. I think he's better than Taylor Rapp. I mean, why are you putting Taylor Rapp in single high safety coverage? I mean, he let you talk to you. I mean, you literally warned them about Olave in our podcast. Like, Hey, this guy can go over the top of you. He can make a play. And, uh, you know, I think it was Jonathan Vilmore. Vilma compared him to Tory Holt. I mean, he just blew right by Ramsey, who I think was really trying to play the trail technique there. And I thought, you know, I think he thought he had help over the top, but then he realized, oh, well, that's Taylor Rapp, so we're screwed. Um, so, you know, I just, I'm at the point, Cam, where I, I watched this defense. I think they have some great pieces. I want gains back. He had two sacks in this game. I want to keep Floyd. I know they might not because the contract is high, but he's been on a tear, two sacks in this game. Obviously, AD, you hope he doesn't retire. A Sean's a free agent after the year. Wouldn't mind bringing him back. Uh, Justin Hollins, they waived. I have no idea why. Uh, so I guess there's hope maybe Terrell Lewis starts playing. Maybe uh, Daniel Hardy, their seventh round pick, gets an opportunity. The linebackers, I have no issues with. Bobby Wagner covers up so many uh, deficiencies. Uh, defic- deficiencies in the secondary the tackling you know he's there he's like backing up the catcher you know if he's the pitcher or he you know he's the left fielder backing up the third baseman or the right fielder backing mm-hmm. up the first like that's what he's doing um i just i don't know what to say anymore i mean jordan fuller's out and i don't think i think jordan fuller was on a regression before he got hurt so i think the injury only sped that up I think that Quinton Lake and Russ East should be playing the rest of the year. See what you have in the young kids. And I would not start Taylor Rapp. And honestly, Nick Scott has really started to not impress me. I, I just, the glass shattered for me, Cam, where I was like, Jalen Ramsey is alone in the in the defensive backfield by himself. It's him and a bunch of other guys. Uh, I don't know why Rochelle isn't playing. He played last year as a rookie, and now he can't get on the field as a defensive player. I don't know why David Long is playing over to Kobe Durant. I don't know why Darian Kendrick is out there over to Kobe Durant. Help me make sense of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I know, I don't want to extend this podcast to the point where we're talking for hours, but we had to talk about the defense because I, they definitely don't go unblamed with that game. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that going to the defensive side at the end of the day, when it came to the second half, the saints owned that second half Jarvis Landry came alive. He caught a ball over the middle, scored a touchdown on Taylor Rapp, And it started opening up the floodgates after that. Chris Olave burning, burning Jalen Ramsey. 
And so you, you saw the Rams defense starting to decline a little bit. And you talked about, <laughs> I feel like if we go back to these podcasts, we talk about Ben no break defense. I'm sure you mentioned that on every single podcast and every other podcast. people, every podcast and other people are seeing that as well. So like, okay, if we know the Rams are going to play Ben no break defense, they're going to play off the ball. Well, let's figure out how to um, do some spot routes, right? Forgot how to throw the ball over the middle and just expose some of these soft zones that the Rams are in. You talked about Jalen Ramsey getting burned on that play, and that was that was, I believe, a three seam defense that was. And Jalen Ramsey, if I'm not wrong, the Jalen Ramsey as a seam player, you have the seam route at the end of the day, and so. I don't think he knew how fast Chris Olave was. I don't know. I know Jalen Ramsey was talking. Yeah, I think he was talking mess to LeBron James on who is faster on uninterrupted the shot. But he should have been talking about a foot race against, you know, against Olave because, I mean, he got toasted on that play. And so I think I think what teams are starting to do, they're starting to understand the Rams defense. They're starting to pick them apart. And that's going to be on the Rams defense to change things up a little bit. When you're doing, we talk about habits on the Sean McVay side, but we go on the Rams defensive side. When you're doing the same things over and over and over again, you're going to get picked apart by a Saints team that has some great receivers and 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 it's it's unacceptable. <laughs> seeing seeing how the Rams play on defense is unacceptable in that back in there. And so the Rams front seven, they did their thing. A couple sacks, four about four sacks, gangs, Floyd. I mean, those guys were having a great time. But it's also on the deep defensive backs to create turnovers. I mean, I haven't seen many turnovers from the Rams defense. We talk about the bend no break. Of course, they're defending the ball. They're forcing punts. But we need to force turnovers. We need to figure out, hey, how can we get the offense in a great position? I feel like I broke a record right now. How can we get the offense in a great position, you know what I mean, to score the ball? They're going to need – to finish the season strong, they're going to need that. They're going to need to get the ball on their side of the 50 so the offense can score because Matthew Stafford, I'm not sure if we're going to see him the rest of this season. And so that's yeah. going to be extremely important for the defensive backs of the Rams to step up and get some picks, get some turnovers, my man. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, he dropped a couple picks uh, versus the Cardinals. I mean, we, they, they need that. And interceptions are infectious. Turnovers are infectious. So the Rams are going to need that to survive the rest of the season. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, you know, it's gotten to, you know, the level here where, Cam, I, I never want to, you know, dog on <laughs> like, Cam, let me just say, no, I never want. It's like the new skip. No, not really. But uh, <laughs> skip, skip, skip. No, yeah. no. Um, all right. I never want to dog on a player's football IQ because they know way more than I do. OK, but yes, or not yesterday, but recording this on Tuesday Um, the game felt like Raheem Morris wasn't to blame. He was putting guys in spots and there was just mental lapses, like mental errors in coverage, uh, tackling. Like, I mean, they had the the third and long play. How do you not get a stop there? That was right after a huge sack by Greg Gaines. I just, I don't know. I mean, you lose to the Saints. The Saints didn't have an offensive line. Everyone's hurt. Marshawn Lattimore was out. Cam Jordan was out. I mean, you lost. I mean, it was pretty much a 10 point game garbage time drive down the field. I mean, we could say that they were trying to win the game or trying, but I, I don't know. Um, and you know, Marcus Davenport wasn't there. I don't know. It's just Pete Werner, their, their linebacker. I mean, they were without so many of their guys and they still just made plays. Michael Thomas, he's been out all year. Let's be honest here. We can't even count him, but, um, 
I don't know, to lose to the Saints, to lose to that Cardinals team that just got eviscerated on Monday Night Football. Uh, it's just, it, it just, it shows you, at, at least we know, right? Um, it, it, it's the Believe in Rams podcast, but the, this season's probably over. Uh, if you can't beat the Saints, if you can't beat the Cardinals, watch them they'll somehow find a way to beat the Chiefs for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> we hope so. We hope that so. Will, that will both, that'll be bittersweet because that'll piss me off because I'll be like, what could have been? If you were going to beat the Chiefs, why couldn't you beat the Saints and the Cardinals? You'd be right in the thick of it. Um, but at the same time, I just want them to play, you know, I want them to to be able to build off something at the end of the year. And I, I want to touch on this real quick um, as we wrap this thing up. So the Rams are having pre- preliminary discussions about signing a quarterback, um, you know, because Wolford's neck and, and Stafford's head uh, Perkins would start. Obviously, he knows the the offense. Um, but I got to give a guy a, like he's he's one of my friends in, in this this business. Uh, he has never gotten his shot. And I just got to say right now, if the Rams are listening, go out and sign Kyle Sloter at quarterback. I feel like this guy is so disrespected. He is, he's never gotten his shot. I watched Jake from with the, the whole tweet scandal or the Twitter, uh, the, the text scandal. He gets a start. Yeah. I watched Nick Mullins get a start. I watch all these quarterbacks that aren't as good as Kyle get starts. And I got to voice my opinion on that because I feel like he's somebody that could come into this team. He's already, he knows what it's like to be behind, not a great offensive line. Go and watch the new Orleans breakers in the USFL. He was the starting quarterback. He got destroyed by that offensive line, but you know what he did? He kept getting up. He kept getting up kept making plays. He kept that team competitive, winning games, throwing the deep ball with touch accuracy placement. He has mobility. I, I don't know if you know, Kyle, uh, but I just, I feel like he's, he's had his moments in preseason. Uh, he was the guy who went like 11, and 0, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions in preseason. He was on the Vikings. He was on the Broncos. Uh, I, I just, I'm at the point where like the young quarterback ecosystem is very damaged in this league. And there are guys that continue to get opportunities and I'm glad Geno Smith got his, but to be honest with you, there's too much of that. And there's not enough of guys like that getting a shot. Uh, you know, he's somebody that I honestly think he has what it takes in this league. He already knows a very complicated John Gruden offense because he was on that Raiders team. Unfortunately, the Raiders, that whole John Gruden thing was ugly. Uh, he went out the door and then Slaughter went out the door because Slaughter was uh, like a Gruden guy. Gruden brought him in. Um you know, he signs with the Vikings. You know, he had a, a cup of coffee with the Vikings again uh, to, you know, be a backup essentially. But this guy has never gotten his shot. And if there was ever going to be a Kurt Warner-esque story ever again in the NFL, I really, and I'm biased because I love the guy, but I really <laughs> do believe it would be Kyle Sloter. I think if someone gave him a shot with this offense, like, I think this is the only thing that, that would save this season for me. Even if the Rams missed the playoffs, if they went out and got Kyle and he, you know, he was able to to orchestrate this offense, or even if Bryce Perkins was able to string together some wins because he's a friend of the show. I, I mean, I just want to see something to to be excited about. And I feel like if they're gonna sign a quarterback, don't sign a Cam Newton, sign a Kyle Slaughter. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Jake's takes is coming hot off the press. Um, <laughs> 
there's one thing too, finding a diamond in the rough, right? And there's a story with Taylor Heineke. It's a diamond in the yeah. rough. I mean, like I think I told you in the last podcast, but my man was the Georgia Offensive Player of the Year. You know what I mean? He won the Heisman for for Old Dominion that division, and so he's a diamond in the rough. And so finding that player that's that's been on teams that that know the NFL and can ball like. Give him a shot. Give him a shot. We'll we'll see what happens. You see the Wolfer piece. Wolfer came in a couple of years ago and, and was a diamond in the rough for the Rams. And so, you know, finding finding that next quarterback that can take the Rams through the end of the finish line, through the end of the season, gonna be really important, right? Uh, you, see, you hear the uh, you see the Netflix show Drive to Survive. Well, the Rams the Rams got to survive the rest of the season, right? Yeah. Not throwing in the white flag, but. They got to drive to the end of the season and survive. And so finding a diamond in the rough quarterback to get them there and to find some spark for the for next season when Matthew Stafford hopefully is healthy and, and things are going that way. Um, but the diamond in the rough, driving to survive towards the end of the season will be extremely important. Changing things up on the defensive side. I've been hammering uh, Sean McVay when it came to doing the same things over and over again. But the defensive side, changing things up to have that spark because – as you know, like I talked about it before, a lot of these players are going to be on different teams next year. And so making sure that they finish the season strong is going to be extremely important. Raheem Morris, he might be up for a head coach position. But the way this defense is playing, this last game against the Saints, people going to be like, hey, you got figured out. Did you change? Did you adapt? Did you adjust? So I think that's going to be extremely important to finish out the season. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I, I really want to see Raheem as the defensive corner selfishly for the Rams because I really like him and I think you know he brings he has the right mindset and that's not his defense. You know he he was forced he came in here and he was forced to run Brandon Staley's defense. That that's what's happened and he's done a really good job and won a Super Bowl. Um, I, I think he's going to be a head coach. I really believe that. I, I think he's deserving of it. Uh, he had eleven different start or a whole twenty two different starters or whatever for Tampa. He's the only coach to win 10 games with a team like that. Um, it, it's some it's some crazy stat. I don't remember the exact thing, uh, but I will mention Sloter played with Matthew Stafford. Come on, Matthew. Throw uh-huh. it out there. There you Throw go. it out there. <laughs> Throw it out there. You, you know, give him something. I just think what, he knows the Gruden offense. Gruden is kind of, it's like a rude offense with Sean McVay's offense. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think you don't, don't sign a Cam Newton. Sign a Kyle Sloter. That's how I'm going to end this show. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we appreciate you so very much. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, uh, review, rate, all that jazz. Be sure to check out the Believe store over on Believe.com. And uh, be sure to follow my man, Cameron Lynch. Uh, it's at Cameron Lynch 50. And uh, me, at JK Bogan, if you want to follow me. This has been fun, Cam. Uh, way longer than we expected, but hey, the offense, I don't think we ever could have imagined the offensive script for this this whole podcast and how much it would take up. But I mean, there's a lot to talk about with this team, so it's hard to, to condense it all into one little thing. All good. On to the Chiefs next. 24-hour rules in effect, my man. Sounds good. So we'll be back, I believe, probably around on Friday. Everyone enjoy, uh, you know, Thanksgiving. Um, Try to, at least as a Rams fan. (laughs) (laughs) Do your best. (laughs) You know, root for for Jared Goff uh, in the Lions, I guess. He'll be playing... uh, They'll be playing against Buffalo. I know there are a lot of still a lot of Jared Goff supporters. Maybe he might be playing for the Rams in 2023. Uh, But that's going to do it. So you guys take care and we'll see you guys soon. Later, folks. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.